howdy, and welcome to the Clapped Out Moto Hour, your number one broke-ass motorcycle podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to another episode. On the show today, we have Robert. Hi. Jamie. Hi. Amondo. Hello. Danny. Hey. Daniel. Hello. Thanks for choosing me last. And I'm your host of the evening, who is truly last. Jordan, in more ways than one. You'll find out today as we talk about a whole manner, a whole manner of topics from That's camping. That's what they call foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> Way to set the stage. From camping to racing and beyond. We'll talk about all the ways that I finished last this week. So, but before we get into that, any big news? Anyone hear about anything cool happening or fun stuff? Hmm. No. It's just crickets. Nothing? Crickets. crickets. Any how's the business going? How's yeah, I actually have three bikes lined up to work on. So it's going good. So it's like got? a whole business you got going on. Uh, there is a a Sax, which I've never worked on. A Peugeot, which I've never worked on. Ooh. And a French. another Pook, I'm pretty sure. Does the Peugeot does it have a bunch of weird parts? When I used to work on <laughs> Peugeot, probably. When I used to work on Peugeot bicycles, they were always Robert can attest this. They're always everything's different. It's just all slightly, the, slightly yeah. different. Yeah, I know they're on their bicycles up to a certain year before they all standardize. It's like all the Moto Motobacan and Peugeot are like, no, no, we use French French threading. Oh, uh, French spacing. Sorry. Oh my god. Does it does it always like back yet. itself out or something? It points like, of pride. De pride. Yeah. yeah i don't know we'll see i don't i don't have them at the house yet but hopefully hopefully soon i'm just gonna try to take them one at a time so two, two of them belong to the same guy they're nice. at the they're at the warehouse currently waiting yeah. to be imported in mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> wow. on the docks on the docks stuck in so the what's Suez the official canal. name of the of your motor yeah you probably oh, more thought into your motor business is, there is no name people just keep texting me asking me if i can work on their bikes this is, you, we need to come up with i think we need i don't a, even have to advertise i don't need a name we need a listener poll hey danny what danny should hey. call his moped business. that's just what i'm gonna call it hey danny hey danny oh. <laughs> if everyone just texts you you can just call there it hey go. danny it's perfect hey danny moped service <laughs> done so good at that so good at naming businesses well that's hey, cool you're the guy brapping two strokes at 9 p.m down the street right <laughs> that's me <laughs> i've heard those things brap it's more of a than it is a brap but <laughs> just my humble opinion well that's cool so three on the docket what do they need done just random I have no stuff idea. oh, oh what, one, of, one of them is just uh just tuning the carb so that should be easy okay charging three hundred dollars yeah right sounds reasonable what kind of uh what kind of carbs is these bad boys running uh i think you said it's a delorto phbg mm. so pretty mm. average for these sounds usually italian. the usually yeah it is italian in fact oh, score one for jordan so what uh yeah that's cool cleaning those up making some money working yeah. putting more mopeds on the road it's true god's it's true. work god's work well robert how's the triumph coming where are we at? I've uh, seen some pictures lately. It's going, it's going. Motors on the in the frame, which I don't remember if that's news or not. I guess I do know because I just anyways. Um <laughs> the motors in the frame. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which yeah, is yeah. very exciting. I am I've fallen into a, a like ninth circle of hell trying to figure out <laughs> God. 
anyways, it's going great. <laughs> I'm working on timing right now. I'm kind of I'm doing the thing where I didn't when I when I disassembled it, I didn't know what things to be noting. And now that I'm reassembling it, it would be very convenient to know how some things were set up when I disassembled it. And I have no record of which rotor position. So on these, the the rotor is in a AC sort of it's it's like a stator. <clears throat> generator that's an ac generator um so the rotor has to live in a specific orientation in reference to the stator uh and there, you have a couple options depending on where you set your ignition timing um because you have a pretty small window to get the timing right between that and the points and these, um, sorry these only good. run an ac circuit they don't charge a battery there's no battery on correct it. yeah it's just a six volt ac um energy transfer ignition you system a, you gotta kick that um, thing over Oh yeah! Oh boy! Sixty-four. Yeah, you start. Um, my hands back. You know what? You know what's also back. fun when you take things apart and you set them in the correct order, and you're like, "Cool, I'm going to remember this," and then you knock it over. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm going up. There's there's very there. there's very obvious um, scribe marks. So I'm I'm going based off the scribe marks that are there, but I'm kind of wing and a prairing that they are they're not standard so the scribe marks are non-standard mm. um it basically long story short it sets the ignition timing to like 41 degrees advanced which is like pretty wow advanced. what yeah 41 how standard standard for a triumph is 38 but why, um, wait if there's a if there's a standard why is it advanced that makes sense three degrees makes yeah sense. three degrees yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, so oh, so okay so you're saying you get, that there's no um, index marks you have to know exactly how many degrees you, it's on. well you you get you get three options you get 37 39 or 41 I got 41 it. Okay. is like the most aggressive i got it um, gotcha he had it set to 41 uh and i i have one fortunately i have one picture on the outside before i disassembled it so i'm like I, i'm like enhance Enhance. Can you zoom in on that? Enhance. It all, it, yeah, it all confirmed. Like, it all matches. It's just, like, I won't know until I get it together. And part of this is, like, the, the implication by there being scribe marks at 41 is that they were also running uh, cam, like, cams that were appropriately timed. Like, mm. probably higher lift, later, later lift, whatever cams that were running based on that timing. So I'm kind of like, we'll see. Uh, I won't know because I didn't pay attention. But uh, all signs to all signs point to it being correct. It's also goofy because it's it's triumph. So like if you read, um, you, it, like if you read the shop manual, if you read a lot of the service bulletins, they'll everybody. It's very like well documented that you have three key possible keyway positions on the rotor, and that they're thirty seven, thirty nine, forty one, and they're intended for like street, for sport, and for racing. Is what shredding. Yeah, like mid and then racing. What you need to do is get yourself like a little flame sticker and just put it so on. All the, all the best part is all of the all of the service documents and uh, and the manual are all like, yeah, it's there. Uh, <laughs> just use street. Like, don't don't take it upon yourself unless you like know what you're doing. And if you do, refer to service bulletin two twenty nine. Good luck finding service bulletin yeah. two twenty nine because I've tried. Um, I was going to say, you know, the frustrating thing is like um, one of the reasons I chose a YZ250 is because the documentation as my main off-road bike is because there's endless, endless documentation online about rebuilds, whether it be videos or articles or like 
everything, you know, so you can follow that literally step by step by step. It's every step is detailed excruciatingly on the internet. Um, but with something like that, that's gotta be brutal because I mean, you're looking I, at this thing and it's like, Oh, you know, cause manuals really only go so far. Like there's definitely questions like that where, yeah, there might be a service built in or an update manufacturer right. in those days when manufacturers change things, you know, there, there isn't these big, yeah, you, you did have to go off printed dealers, uh, I, print think, bulk I mean, I think the reality, chips. yeah, I think the reality of it is that all of this information, instead of being, uh, you know, in, in the sort of ether of the internet is in the ether of 70 to 80 year old men's brains. <laughs> uh, Truly. And I, have, I just should be going and finding one to be like, please tell me what the fuck do I do? Absolutely. I probably call, I probably find the guy who rebuilt it in like 72 and be like, why'd you put it to R? What don't I know? Is it the cams? Is it the cams? Is he be like, no, it was from before when it was raced and I put mild cams and tuned it back. Shut up. I don't know. So we're going to find out at some point and maybe I'll blow a piston and it'll be fun. It, it has so, like index. It sounds like it has, it sounds like it has indexed marks though for like advancing or retarding the timing. Yeah, so it's a goofy without be getting that like mad, right? Without getting know? into a, a triumph competition model history hole. But like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, yeah, I can adjust it is the short version. Okay. Uh, it's like indexed, so and you get oh, five degrees of, of auto advance uh, or actually no, that's good. retarding. But no. anyways, it's it's an old system. We'll see what happens. It's all because it's a because of the, the ignition system, because it's an AC system and it's running uh positive ground. So it's like you have to basically the short version is you have to time the points to the peak of the AC uh sine wave. Mm. So it's you have to sync the rotor with the points. Yeah. Cam. It's like an old dirt bike. So yeah, it like is exactly like an old dirt bike. Old dirt bike. Which is what it is. Like my old DT2. Anyways, it's going great. Motors in the frame. Wheels are on the frame. Bars are on the frame. Uh, Hell yeah. It's all coming along. So nice. stay tuned. That's good. Mm-hmm. On on schedule, which is good. How's the, how's the, uh, how's the zero going, Mondo? How, how's, how's life with zero? Uh, it's been pretty great. Uh, mainly just been commuting, trying to plan some weekend rides or maybe some like week night rides now that we have oh. daylight savings time. Ooh, yeah, yeah, buddy. Forever. Um, so I was talking with my coworker who also has the ex sheriff zero DS, and we're probably going to go grab a burrito and Fruitvale and head up to Skyline. Yeah, nice. And you know, just stretch our evening commute out a little bit. Nice. You got um, a new, uh, a new rack oh shoot yeah i uh picked up a happy trail su rack yeah um, oh yeah because i i was gifted some uh hard case luggage i have but that wasn't like the main reason i got the rack i'm gonna try and mount the like quick chargers onto the rack so i Ooh. actually got a uh bracket i designed water jetted i just have to get the bends in there see if oh, it cool. all fits you got the you got the actual the brackets water jetted. Yeah. Do you have a water jetting mill thing? I got a guy. Oh, so awesome! Um, Who's yeah. your guy? Uh, no, seriously, my, my coworker. They were they were doing some water jet practice at that's cool. Yeah. That's um, awesome. A place that we we have access to, and they're like, "Hey, do you need anything water jet?" I was like, "Funny, you should ask." That's so cool. <laughs> I've been like kicking around this bracket design, so like, let's give it a go. Let's send it and. 
dude that uh, is so awesome that was really expensive yeah. to get x like just the time on a oh, project yeah. can be well, really well, expensive yeah so. even when i uh tech shop when like we had access to the machine they'd like charge you by the minute for like uh, running the machine uh, damn. Because, um you know it's, it's there's the garnet consumable with like mm-hmm. that's the abrasive and then also just they're prone to breaking down all the time so it's just like uh, maintaining uh, one is a pain in the butt yeah um so yeah, I just need to get some time to uh, whack up that bracket and try mounting the chargers and uh, have some wiring to do. But I, like, they currently work. It's just I have a, literally have them in a milk crate that I throw on the seat behind me. And you put that <laughs> milk crate right on that rack, which goes on the back of your bike, and you might be true clapped out faster. Yeah, yeah, you might be the first person with a zero and a milk crate. <laughs> yeah, might be uh yeah so yeah i totally forgot about the rack so that's sick what uh what is how how big is the quick charger uh 6.6 kilowatts like how how sorry how physically large is it does it fit pretty well on there it's like about a foot by like maybe eight inches by another like six yeah like shoebox size and yeah they're probably like 15 or 20 pounds each um so they're like this design where it's like (laughs) Looks like they have like either a casting or something, and then they put the electronics board in there, and they just fill it with epoxy, <laughs> so it's like completely sealed. Yeah, um, to reduce mm-hmm. vibration and also waterproof it. Um, it just makes them super heavy, and it's got a big ass heat sink and a fan on it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like kind of an ongoing project. I could have spent twenty five hundred bucks getting the charge tank. Yeah installed at a dealer i was like nah like i got the bike yeah. with these chargers i want to make it work that's yeah. right buddy but it's cool because i'm learning all about the the jplug protocols and like got this little brain box off of ebay for 30 bucks that kind of fakes the signal to it so it engages the charger correctly and that's awesome uh yeah it'll be better because it actually disconnects the high voltage when i press the button on the plug which, so that's so that's cool. You'll have basically a rolling interface for doing like fast fast charging, right? With that with that little box. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- this this like it allows me to. It has like a relay or something in it, which I can then drive like another relay to disconnect. Um, there's like a charge enable on the chargers, but basically, like it'll allow me to safely disconnect the J plug because. Currently, you'd have to tell it to stop charging or like manually disconnect those charge enables. Because if you were just to like grab the plug and disconnect it while it's charging, you'll have a high voltage arc across the pins and mm-hmm. um, bad new spares. Yeah, it, it, it'll it'll cause like weird uh, burns or some stuff on the pin. So over time, they'll either get eaten away or like might not fit anymore. Um, yeah, like high voltage arcing is also not a good. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good thing to have. Well, if it's the size of a shoebox, it sounds like it fit perfect in a milk crate. <laughs> it does. Very nice, very nice. Well, yeah. So, uh, Jordan, what have you been up to? Well, I just got back from round one of the OMRA XC Cross Country Series presented by AMA. Uh, it was pretty great. Yeah, it was, uh, I just got home, like literally just got home 
from the first round at Timber Mountain for the OMRA Cross Country Series. This was my first ever race uh, so cross country. Yeah. And it was hosted by the AMA. Uh, so it was their second round uh, for their AMA Hair Scrambles West Series. And for my racing sanction, bo- sanctioning body, the OMRA, it was the first round. So I just finished that up and I had a great time. Honestly, it was really great. It was outside uh, of Medford, Oregon and Jacksonville, Oregon. So in Southern Oregon, and it was an awesome course. Uh, the uh, Motorcycle Riders Association put it on. They are a club based out of uh, Medford and Southern Oregon in general. And they uh, honestly have a really awesome area out there uh, that is just this, this colossal area that's kind of an amalgamation of like BLM land uh, and National Forest Service land. But what's really unique is they own their own parcel at the top of the hill as well as a couple adjacent parcels. Uh, so they get a lot of freedom to kind of build different uh, trail systems on because it's their land. Uh, and... Uh, we rolled up on Thursday. We took a week uh, to kind of get out there, spent some time out in Bend, and then headed down south uh, to to the race course uh, area. Got a couple days to kind of pre-run the area a little bit and meet the promoters and everything. And uh, it was awesome. Some awesome area down there. So how does that? How does that? Uh, what's the relationship between like AMA OMRA? How does that? Yes. Work? So the AMA is American Motorcycle Association. That is like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening, uh, all 12 of you are familiar <laughs> with the AMA. Um, the you American know, Medical Association? The American, <laughs> American Motorcyclist Association is a is is more than a sanctioning body. It's it's actually something that um I'll just do my 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 little my little, you know, uh whatchamacallit here. Box little soapbox here and you know the ama does a lot to actually protect our rights as motorcyclists they do a lot of lobbying uh for us both at state and national levels uh they do a lot of protection for off-road riding areas they do a lot of advocacy work um they do a lot of legal work too you know making sure that uh things that we really enjoy and honestly take for granted a lot as motorcyclists they they do a lot of frontline work for preserving that and, and building the culture you know Mm-hmm. Um, so AMA, the American Motorcycle Association, has been around for quite a while, and they are the sanctioning body for the regional race. Um, so it used to be a national series, and now it's a regional series for the West Coast. And um, so they organize a Western hair scramble. So this is a hair scramble format. For anyone who's not form- familiar, it's a long format off-road race. Uh, and what makes the AMA series really unique, uh, as well as the OMRA series, is that the AMA series is really based around off-road. So if you watch like another big off-road hair scramble, like long format series like GNCC or Works, uh, these are really like uh, pre-made tracks. Everything is like really um, like not a motocross track, but built like with that philosophy in mind where it's they built the track is built. The AMA is all about making sure that this track is in a trail-like setting. So you're literally racing trails. Um, so the AMA put this race on. It's a part of the Hair Scramble series. The OMRA, the Oregon Motorcycle Riders Association, a racing association, excuse me, is a, is a sanctioning body for the state. So you could kind of think of it as like local, regional, and the national level races. Uh, like GNCC is your national, like Hare and Hound. Uh, GNCC, National Hare and Hound. That's your national level races. 
uh, AMA West is your regional level. And then we're down here in the beer league, like local level, you know, Oregon only. Uh, <laughs> series. Um, so I'm a part of that sanctioning body. That's the one that I raced for. So they, they basically piggybacked on the AMA event. And, um, and so I was racing again, basically, even though there was a field of several hundred riders, uh, at the whole event, I was only racing against my OMRA peers who were also at the event. Mm, nice. So look, I guess to put it simply, OMRA is the state body. AMA is obviously a national body, but this racing series they put on, they have a West and East. So it's a regional, uh, regional series. So it's kind of like there's, there's OMRA races. And then this one was an OMRA race that also happened to be an AMA race or vice versa, however you want to think about it. Yeah, you know, and to climb back on my soapbox again, it's getting more and more (laughs) difficult to have like really well-established off-road riding areas. In the 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, even 90s, you know, it was really common for towns and counties to have several riding areas, but a lot of those due to land use restrictions, um, you know, expanding boundaries on cities. Like there's, there's a lot of reasons, but we've lost Californians pooping right off the trail. Californians leaving trash everywhere. Yep. They're pretty good at that. And that kind of stuff has really actually hindered our riding areas. Um, and so, you know, like I said, the AMA does a lot to really protect a lot of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, the, the, the series itself was, was down there in Oregon. Um, the OMRA was just piggybacking onto that because there's less and less venues. Uh, so right. Come back around to what I was, what I was trying to say there. Uh, but we're running out of venues to run races. I was looking at an OMRA series from 10 years ago and there were like 12 races over several different venues. And a lot of those venues just, they're just not there anymore. Right. So it, it gets limited. Club membership is low. Um, and there's just not a lot of people to maintain those, those, uh, those areas. So, yeah. So what, what a lot of race series are doing is they're piggybacking on regional and national races so that, you know, like in my race series with the OMRA, I'll be racing two races with the AMA. So I'll see, I'll see all those people out there again. Uh, at least those people who are doing the full series, uh, at Lapine in May, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's just kind of a way for clubs to, uh, or for sanctioning bodies to kind of help each other out so that we can actually have full race series. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Well, we, we all put together a list of questions for Jordan uh, to celebrate, but the, the big thing to kind of piggyback off what you just said um, real quick would be like, if somebody listening or one of us was wanted to get into something similar, either in our area or just in general for like racing, like what does that process look like? For you, as far as like, okay, picking where to start, what race, what, what sort of body. Yeah. And then, and then also on top of that, like what class to race in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there's, it can be tough. I think for you guys here in California, it's, there's a lot, you guys have AMA districts, um, and you guys are represented by a lot of different clubs that sanction events, uh, there's a lot of little race series in California. Like California is really blessed to have like a lot of really good riding areas and a very strong, I think they've been forced over time to have very strong advocates for riding areas because of how much OHV lands have been encroached upon by cities and counties and things like that. Um, so, you know, there, I would say check with the AMA. The AMA has a really good listing of local clubs and clubs can always, um, point you in the right direction. And it's a good idea. I'm a part of our local club here in Eastern Oregon as well. Uh, a couple clubs actually, and as well as a, a trail building association. And those people can really point you in the right direction, you know, but at the end of the day, just get out to your riding areas and talk to, 
talk to people and that goes for street racing too, street and road people people will generally there will be someone that they know or themselves will race and they can kind of point you in the right direction that's that's how i got started with this totally. whole process so yeah uh, as far as how to go to which which class i'll tell you a little <laughs> bit i'll tell you a little bit about my racing experience so this was my my first race and uh for my omra series i'm 30 amateur um i decided to forego beginner because i i thought that at least for the omra races the lo- local races it would probably be a little unfair since i have you know decent skills it was like if you can climb a single track hill climb most of the time you should go am and i was like okay well that's something i can do like i'm not the fastest up a hill climb but i can do that most so i chose uh am which i would say normally in racing there's like a class there's usually pro which is double a um a b c and then d is usually like a beginner level or sportsman level um so i felt like c was pretty appropriate and in my sanctioning body we would call that 30 am um which is what i chose but on the ama level they were like oh you're 30 am you're 30 b or vet vet b veteran b and that proved to be not exactly the case i raced with (laughs) pros i raced with the pros on sunday uh, and it was cool. I'll say first, like at the top, it was really cool to race with the pros and race on their track. Like I, I wanted to race this, this I'll be racing this entire series this year. And I wanted to race on the long format track. So meaning that instead of racing an hour and a half with the beginners, you race two and a half hours with, uh, or more with the pros. And I wanted to do long format for sure, uh, to try myself out, but I definitely got whooped. Like it was, it was a lot more difficult of a course uh, and I mean, the, the sea riders did the same course, but they had a considerably shorter time. Uh, but it was definitely not what I had prepared for over the winter. And I definitely got whomped pretty good. So I would say talk to your, when you talk to your local clubs about racing, make sure that you like are really forward about your skill level and everything. And, you know, I, I don't think there's any, you know, problem with jumping in at, at beginner level. Um, especially if you're like me and you've never raced before. At two and a half hours, do you get like, a pit stop for gas i got like, one. Oh yeah do they I have got... like a little gas station there to like top you off or you have to bring your own little jerry cans they in a lot of race series like this one they have a pit so daniel was actually with us and mm-hmm. i had daniel set up a stand and some gas and some goggles as well because i didn't i didn't bring tear-offs for my goggles um so yeah he was able to set one up i'm running a desert tank um which i was able to make it through two laps so they're eight uh 17 mile laps and I was able to make it through two two laps without gas. I pro honestly at the pace I was racing, I probably could have made all three without doing gas. And I only I only finished three laps. So um Which yeah. I think like you technically should have been pulled after that second one. Yeah, I, I noticed for my times, like I, I was just very slow. I finished essentially last, like as far as like in the pro, I didn't have the slowest lap time. They just published lap times today and I didn't have the, the slowest first lap time. So I was like, yes, but my second and third laps were super slow, especially my, my second lap. I, I really like, I ate it on a pretty bad hill climb. Um, I had a really fast, like a fast and hard get off uh coming coming out of fourth gear so yeah i mean i i had a lot of slowdowns in the second gear and then or a second lap and then my third lap i was like you know what if they're gonna tell me to do a third lap 
uh, I'm just going to do survival mode here and make sure that I actually get through so I can actually finish the race and get my points. But yeah, the way that the format works, I should also clarify, is that the pros go through. And when the pros make one lap through, then they like if if it's before two hours and 30 minutes then they run another lap but if the pro comes through on a lap and it's like after that two hours and 30 minutes then they throw the checkered flag Mm -hmm. and then they stop the race and pull you off but what had happened was Mm -hmm. i came through just at the right time so that i got a third lap Mm -hmm. but what was kind of serendipitous about that was that (laughs) even though i was really slow and definitely made tons of mistakes in my second and third laps um it's still because i finished a third lap it actually boosted my standing so that i was <laughs> instead of dead last i was 155th out of 177th in my <laughs> nice <laughs> so <laughs> i was like well i mean like i said it, especially that third lap after i'd made so many mistakes on the second lap i was like you know what i better i better just play it really safe and actually just get through this so that and i just can finish get my it. points yeah because yeah, because my points do like ride on it like if i if i dnf at any point in the race like i don't finish then i lose my points for the race mm-hmm. so i was like you know what this is my first race like i'm just gonna take this last lap easy and just make sure i get my points so nice. it was cool the mra the motorcycles riders association they set up a really cool course lot it was i had prepped this winter riding a lot of like high desert really fast two track rocky stuff and it was the complete opposite it was almost all <laughs> it was almost all loamy extremely loamy very steep single track oh, um and it was like yeah i'm i can ride that stuff and i mean obviously i got through the course but i'm not the fat i'm not even close to the fastest in that stuff obviously my times are super slow um so you know it was a big learning experience to like really i i think um i'm really glad that i i got through the race obviously and i finished and got my points like honestly like to to really give yourself credit like the fact that you finished that race is like insanely impressive considering like the fact that if you look at the times like the pros the guy who's like the fastest in the ama west series he did a 27 minute lap on his first lap, which I think was his fastest. Um, yours was like an hour and three minutes, I think. But like the fact that you even finished three laps is like incredibly impressive. And then yeah, take and it think- from taking it from somebody who even just like did a, an incredibly small portion of that single track, like, and got mad at Jordan for taking me down it. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted an easy ride. Um, what, you should like, know that's never going like, to happen. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was yeah, complete accident too, and I just got mad at him. So, but the but like that area was, it's it's intense. It's like not it is not a novice course, you know. And so like the fact that Jordan made it through, uh, despite you know as he said making mistakes and whatnot, and like. But yeah, just the fact that you finish is, is honestly just like the most impressive part to me. Yeah, the in my class in well in in the so I was lined up with pro uh, A and B. And the fastest lap time was 33 minutes and 58 seconds. Um, so I clocked my first lap in an hour three. Um, but I, they're actually, you know, and like I said, when you're talking about what class to pick, like there were actually some C riders that were finishing around that same like 50, 58 to an hour 15. So, you know, it was cool. I wasn't like the very slowest lap, but it was definitely like, wow, I had not prepared over the winter i'm glad i spent the time with my bike that i did mm-hmm. uh and i'm really glad i finished because i know a lot of people do their first uh, you know there's definitely a fair amount of people do their first hair scrambles that don't finish and there were i think uh somewhere in the neighborhood of like a dozen uh maybe f- 
well, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen people just in the pro A B classes who DNF'd. They didn't finish. Yeah. So like I felt pretty good about that. I was like, okay, like, and that's why I said that third lap, I saw uh how many people had fallen off the board. And I was like, you know what? I better like I'm just gonna take this easy. Um and honestly, I had a lot of fun. That's the crazy part is like, it was, like I said, Lomi, uh, single track, just insane. Like the biggest thing that I need to work on was like these really steep. I mean, like st- I, I like to ride pretty technical stuff, not very fast, but like, you know, I, I have fun with it. Steep downhills with like corkscrews and like big fat berms to like kick yourself into. And I'm like, what the hell? And I had a pro lap me at one point during one of these downhills. And like, he's like, Hey, on the left. And so I like pull off to the right to let him pass. And I'm not, I'm not shitting you. Like he literally like jumps down, down into the berm and kicks off the berm and goes like insanely fast. Like he's ripping like fourth, fifth gear. It feels like, and I'm just like, what? I'm just like, how the fuck? and the whole rest of the race, it was really cool because like, this is kind of the way I live my life. Like I like to just kind of, instead of like, Oh, maybe I'll try like a small race and easier race. I'm like, I'm going to, I'll do a national B class. Fuck it. Like, here we go. You know? And it was cool to actually like watch the people, the a riders and the pros who are lapping me, like actually watch them for a bit uh and really see him go i was like oh okay like it gave me a lot of ideas of stuff like how i should work on honestly i'm ready to go to the motocross track because like a lot of the stuff i was really slow on was coming into turns mm-hmm. like coming into turns specifically and uh i talked to the guy who was on my line i it, funny enough i met him at in and out in medford after and he's like yeah. how did your how did your race go and I, I was like yeah i finished i was like really slow but like i finished and i'm happy about it he's like dude that's all you can ask for like good on you for finishing it was a tough race He's like, you know, he's like, did you use your front brake? I was like, yeah. He's like, that's your problem, dude. He's like, you cannot use your front brake. And I was like, <laughs> at all? He's like, yeah, dude, don't use that thing to slow down. You need to just ram into those berms and take <laughs> off. I'm like, all right, all right. Well, and I told him, I told him, I was like, yeah, I guess like what my strategy was is I thought like since I was riding over the winter and working out, like I thought that I would just wait for people to make mistakes. But then during the race, like I was like, okay, cool. Like that first lap, I was like, I'm going to ride super clean. And I was like, well, if I go any faster in these sections, I'm not going to ride clean. So I was like, I better just ride clean and stick to what I know. Uh, and then I realized by like, I, I paced myself with a few people for the first like three or four miles. Uh, and then I realized like, as they started kind of getting away from me, I'm like, they don't make mistakes in B class. And I told the guy, I was like, I was like, they, and I was like, I told him, I was like, they're not making mistakes. He's like, yeah, they don't. He's like, I fell off my bike once. Like I got, I caught a, a root with my boot or a root with my boot. <laughs> I got a root with my boot and uh it like caught my leg and my bike just got away from me for a second he's like i didn't even drop it i like had my hand and second and third passed me and he's like i finished third in the race because they passed they were that close there yeah were so right many bunches that were so tight so it's just i mean for being a first time racer it was definitely like i should be in c class and i think in my i think in my local racing series being in 30 am is going to be kind of like c class for mm-hmm. me um but time will tell the next race uh for omra is china hat and we'll see kind of oh, nice. how i do and i know I know what to work on now. So it's kind of like, okay. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I was going to say like the fact, the area that you race, like the, the places that you have practiced this high desert, like low, like just flat out, like rocky, Absolutely. you know? And so like, I think that's going to be your, your like creme de la creme. I think that's going to be like your, your niche, you know? Yeah. The fact that that's the most that you've, you've raced and, or that you've ridden and whatnot. And so, 
like I know you said you were thinking about dropping down a class, but I, I am curious if you could stay in this class for one more race and that's see like, if China Hat is like your jam. And if that's your jam, then that's your jam. You yeah, know? yeah, it'd be cool to see how how you do at China Hat because that's I mean I know we've we've ridden there before, uh, and I feel like it's definitely more like you were talking about like if you're talking about training to a terrain, it's pretty much like that's it. Like yeah. two tracks, more stretches. Um, that's that's the plan. I do have another AMA race. Uh, round three is at Lapine, which presumably is just the other side of China Hat, like mm-hmm. East Fort Rock. So, I mean, it's all going to be open desert. I have a lot of open desert that's very accessible to me. Uh, it's easy to go ride. Um, so I'll be able to race 30 AM for the next. And for the AMA race, I can actually drop one race for points. I'm not going to drop the race. I'm still going to go race, but right. I can race in C class and basically forfeit my points right. um, and still be okay. Cause I get to drop that one. So I'll probably do that. I'm, I don't think, I think after riding with those guys, like I'm definitely not at that level uh, <laughs> where I can race B cause I definitely still am making mistakes. Um, but I mean, if anything, like I said, it, it got me on the long course. Uh, it gave me a lot of stuff to work on, like coming into corners, coming out of corners, uh, getting my speed up on downhills. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I know exactly what it is. Just fear. Like I, I, when I see uphills, I'm like, hell yeah. And I just like pin it. I mean, a lot of the hill climbs, Channel I, even, I had, uh, I had, uh, <laughs> I had my gearing on my YZ really low before the race. And mm-hmm. like the day before the race, I was like, I gotta, I gotta be fast during this. So I'm going to gear up and it makes the acceleration a little smoother to have it kind of geared up. In, in my opinion, I like riding with a little more clutch and riding high in the gear. So <laughs> I geared up and like, I was charging most of the uphills, like second, third gear, you know, like really hitting them. Um, but it's just downhill, like loose off camber, steeps, like Sandy downhills. I don't know what it is, but it just gets in my head so much. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. Cause I know like everyone is always just like, it's just like going flat, but with more gravity, you know, it's like, I know that, <laughs> I, know that that's, I know that that's the approach that I need to take. So first order of business is to get down to virtue. There's big Sandy berms. I can rail, uh, practice railing. There's like the motocross track is now thought out up the hill. Uh, and there's some snotty downhills at, at, totally. at, at um, Virtue that I just need to hit harder and harder and harder. Like do it in second gear, do it in third gear, do it in fourth gear, do it in fifth gear. Like you just keep doing it until I can do it super fast. Um, and, you know, I'll get there. Like I know what I need to work on now. And yeah, if I, if I um, you know, if I get done with China Hat and it's still like, wow, this is just a lot for me, you know, I'm, I'm still behind. I can take half my points with me and go down to beginner. Um, but I think I'm going to stick in 30 M I would much the end, the end goal of all this is like, I don't care about points. I don't care about trophies. All I care about is becoming a better rider. And so I would rather pull up the back of B and watch myself go from like long lap times to actually pacing myself with riders in B and like finishing in B and with respectable times. Uh, that would be a much bigger accomplishment than like being good in C class. So like, I, I would, I just want to be a better rider. Totally. But yeah, no, I, I learned a lot. I mean, you learn a lot. Like I never, I had been to races before, but I've never like known all the, like doing tech inspection, making a pit, like doing numbers and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was really cool. I was the, I was the, if anyone's listening, which I highly doubt, but I was that asshole with the fucking, uh, duct tape numbers and just, fucking <laughs> my you, you know, Jordan, you, you were like one of like a hundred people. I, I was actually looking for the duct tape numbers when I was like trying to find yeah. and like, there was a bunch of other dudes yeah. with yellow and black who had, really? who had black duct tape numbers. So it's I was really. like, 
It, um, was, it was confusing actually trying to find you and record you. So yeah, but looking <laughs> look the other the other strange turn of events here is because I because I raised vet B, I think this was pretty far for a lot of uh OMRA riders. And because I went and finished, uh I'm looking at the finished results and like there are a few OMRA who didn't finish. So <laughs> in a really strange turn of events, even though I was like literally the slowest person on the course, I probably finished like second third in my class because I was only racing against OMRA 30 am riders. Right. And so the only OMRA people uh, who finished higher than me were B seniors and B super seniors. So they'd be like 40 and 50 B. Um, so I really, what's that? Seniors, super seniors. Super senior, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I not subtle I'm, about the naming. I can't wait till I'm super senior. That sounds tight. The 50 year olds. Okay. So this is, this is how slow I was. The 70 year olds. I only had better lap times than three, uh, three, or excuse me, than one of the 70 year olds. Like there were five, <laughs> there were five 70 year olds and three of them Damn. were faster than me. <laughs> I need to so. ask my dad what his class was because he was racing motorcycles until like maybe 10 years ago when he switched to racing cars. Did he race motocross or? He did motocross. motocross. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was like about halfway into lap one. I was like, maybe I'll do motocross. <laughs> it's, it's intense. Like you think, you know, if you really stop and think about it and if you were like me before the race, you're a trail rider. Um, and you either, you either go ride with trails, uh, trails with groups of people, or you go by yourself. But the reality is, is like when you trail ride, even if you ride all day in quotation marks, like you're, you're stopping like every 20 minutes right. I and mean, like you're doing a trail and then stopping and then doing a trail and stopping, you know, I've even ridden with people who are like, do a trail, chug a beer, do a trail, but it's like to truly ride. And one of the things I'm most proud of is like, I literally stayed on a bike for three hours and 47 yeah so like that's pretty cool and like doing really technical terrain too so like even if it was slow what felt good at the end of the race is i was like i was joking when i got off the line i was like i'm ready for another one like i felt like even though i can't go as fast as i want i felt like i could do another lap and so it felt good at the end of the race to feel like my body was still ready my knees weren't blown out. Totally. Like my back felt good. My shoulders felt good. And even today, like I feel pretty good. So that tells me my fitness regimen, shout out to freaking kettlebells being the best, like, you know, <laughs> exercise cycle. Like I found a routine that works really well. Um, so that all feels good getting fast. Like it'll come. I was just mm-hmm. glad that I could get through the race and I didn't DNF, um, totally. which was a I lot think- of people. I think really one of the things to like really remember too, and and I like to just like put it in perspective for everybody that's like listening is, is the like Jordan was the second race that day. And the first race was like younger folks, but like, you know, teenagers and whatnot. And they raced, I think the same course, or at least most of the same course. They did. Yeah. And that was a core. That was a, that was a race of roughly a hundred ish riders or so. I think there was like five or six rows of people. And then yeah, you sent yours... the video and I was like, that was a obscene amount of people. Yeah. So, like, you guys saw the video. I mean, it is, it is 200 riders damn near. And they're all racing on the same course a minute apart, which is, I mean, like there is no fathomable. Like obviously you can't be out there and I wasn't out there to like see, but like you're talking single track, you're talking like, if you go out into these areas, like when you're riding single track, like you don't see anybody else. Like right. there's nobody else out there. Yeah. And, it so, was... like, and, and you ride on these places, like, 
like, and I mean, Jordan can give you better perspective, but like, like you are, you are riding on like, like one of the kids that uh, we let some folks camp or sorry, park their U-Haul at our spot because like there was so little parking by the end mm -hmm. of it all. And well, the kid that we were like kind of expecting to be like one of the faster ones, he was like, I dropped my bike 20 times on a hill climb because it was <laughs> so rutted out. I could not make it up. He's like, I ran into a tree. I dropped my bike. Like I was so tired of the end of it. And it's like, He's talking about these, like, and Jordan described, I think, two, one or two different, like, hill climbs that were so rutted out. I mean, you're talking, like, like several hundred riders riding up single track, which is, like, an absurd amount. And people who are just, like, you know, you're pinning it. You're just, like, ripping, like, through earth and just throwing dirt everywhere. I mean, like, there is, like, even just Sounds on the like burn. They just stop supporting single track. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, like why they, they stop supporting race courses. Why they can't find places to race. Really, anymore. I mean, <laughs> like, they, they wreck these courses because of, like, how many people they put on. Even just in the section that we were, I was looking at, like, the primary spot we were watching, which had this really good tight turn and like down a hill and then into a little jump and then to another super tight turn like that area got like within halfway through the second race was like run it out and like you you know you can see the people hitting their brakes into this corner and watching them bounce because of the like because of the ruts that were created mm -hmm. um you know the washboard that gets created from hitting those brakes and like you can only imagine that like in some of the tighter parts of the course that like that was the reality of like so so anyway just to put it in particular like perspective like in addition to like jordan finishing this race like he also finished it after like <laughs> 300 plus people rode across this track like yeah. three times and just like the, wrecked it so some I of the some I, of the soft oh yeah some of the soft loamy stuff was definitely getting torn up a little bit but yeah i mean i look at my times and stuff like i am really proud of finishing i knew that i could do it going into it um there was definitely some moments where i was like okay, you need to pick it up. You need to do a little bit better during this part. And that's just what I'll have to work on. You know, now I know it's kind of cool. It's like when you work out and you're like, oh, this is my peak heart rate. And then you push a little harder and you're like, oh, I can do this for two minutes. Oh, I can do this for three minutes. I can do this for four minutes. It's just like that. Like you, you now I know where that baseline is <laughs> and I know where to train to. Totally. Uh, and I can get to that point while I'm riding and then go now go faster and just yeah. keep working on that. So without doing that, um, you know, it's hard to tell. And I think that if I do move back down to C-class, like, uh, which I will for the national race again, or the regional race, uh, then I'll know like, okay, you got to like, I, I'll be ready at least for that. And I think I'll do a lot better. So there's only one way to go from here and it's to go up and I'm glad I finished. Uh, I got my pin and I beat, uh, you know, my mind to beat a lot of people who, who didn't finish either because of bike issues or, I mean, the track was totally, it was pretty messed up. It was, yeah, it was, it was gnarly. Uh, but it was really fun. MRA did an amazing job. Uh, gosh, I, they, they really hammered it home at the, the races. You know, join a club. There's so many cool clubs out there that maintain trails. Uh, we have a, a trail association here in town, even in a really, really small town. So chances are, if you have an off-road riding area close, you probably have a really cool trail. And it's a great way to meet people and honestly keep the sport alive because it's really cool to be able to go to races, uh, to participate, but also to be able to have these. I think we're really lucky uh, in this country to have off-road riding areas so accessible to us uh, in a lot of European countries and other places you, you can't get to off-road riding areas are super, super restrictive. And we in the West especially have so much amazing public land. So uh, we should really be taking care of that stuff. So if you, if you ride, uh, get out there, join a club and really check it out. But yeah, I had a great time. I learned a ton. I know what I need to work on next time. And I got my points and that's to me, that's what matters. You know, I got through the race, I got my points. Uh, and had a super fun time. The bike did great. It was running a little How rich. The trailer do the trailer did awesome. 
Um, I will say though, definitely, like, it was definitely like crackling and popping a few times. We were stuffing it. <laughs> yeah. It was like I was like, oh, this USB is a little sketchy. <laughs> the, the side panels were a little stressed, but it was cool. You know, it was also cool. I have to say, I'm not trying to brag on myself, um, but no one else was out there with like a shitty, you know, crap open trailer and like a 90s truck and like there were tons of sprinter vans it was a regional race so like obviously the people racing these have money they're going out there like i was racing with pros who are sponsored by factory teams and stuff um but it felt good it felt good to have like the older bike and i was like you know what even if i finish this thing like i did it on a bike that's way older i have to say this a big diss to whoever was on the a line with a clapped out racing first of all you stole my name second of all you have a brand new husky that is not a clapped out bike <laughs> shame on you for stealing the name i was so mad i was literally starting on the line doing my stretches and i look forward and i see clapped out racing on the side of like what looked to be like a 2019 2020 husky and i was like yo like you cannot steal that name and have a brand new bike <laughs> shame on you whoever you were second of all i want to say i want to say though really quick the hero of the weekend it was none of the pros the hero of the weekend was that dude racing in c-class on a 90s kdx 200 i saw you i I wanted to race against you so bad because you would have pushed me on so much harder when i saw that kdx i lost my mind and i was like I was like, yeah, I was like, hell yeah. I was like, go, go, go. It is so cool to see people in 2022 still racing 90s KDX 200. There was a, there was a guy racing in your race on a KDX. It was so awesome. I I was was in your line. I think there was a guy on a KDX in your line because I was using that as a reference when we were like looking for where you were. I was like, I know that guy. He was on a KDX and he finished like, like a little bit before you. And I was like, that guy was like just ahead of jordan on his last lap and i was like i know that he's in here and he was on a kdx a kdx 200 with conventional forks that didn't have upside down forks yeah Hmm. yeah i think you might have missed him because he because it was definitely it was also also shout out to all the people who had graphics and the guy two down for me on my row was sponsored by a seafood company i was like (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was like a ktm with like it was like something seafood like graphic full graphics kit i was like that's badass i wish i was sponsored by that'd be perfect for the octopus sticker i had in my pick of the week last Uh, last week yeah yeah exactly be like so yeah the train shrimp about the powder run the the trailer made it (laughs) the chowder run (laughs) run. look at that chowder run the the trailer (laughs) made it the bike did really well it was running a little bit rich there's still a little bit of tuning that needs to be done um bike really held up motor was still really strong at the end of the race i feel like i'm gonna pull the top end uh sometime this week and take a close look um but yeah it should be good should be good to go i'll probably throw a piston in pretty soon um but yeah this weekend coming up so i got off the uh right off the the heels of this one i'm headed to odessa washington for the 50th annual desert 100 so just because i couldn't torture myself enough i feel so good that i'm ready to race this coming sunday at odessa washington do 100 miles in the desert so i haven't really decided please ask you're gonna do the which bike that's i am i am literally okay so i have a 2006 wr 450 and i have the 04 yz 250 i and another wr and the wr 250 (laughs) i have gone back and forth i will probably run the 450 i think i signed up interesting 450 okay um but because it's a long two reasons it's a long format desert race um 
the WR450 is just straight up like a Cadillac in the open desert. It is not crazy fast, but it is right. so much wider, so much the seat's so much more comfortable. Yeah, for endurance, it's an easier. It's going to be easier, yeah. And I'm not recent. This one's not for points. This is literally just for the pride of saying, like, I've finished a Desert 100, especially the 50th year. Um, but I don't know. I'm going to take the YZ out to Virtue uh, sometime this week to do some do some practice runs. And if if it's in my bones, I might take the YZ. I'm not sure. It was pretty comfy through the whole race, I have to say. I, there were not a lot of fatigue moments. So, But that is literally half of what I raced. Uh, I raced approximately 50, 54 miles. Uh, so that's still quite a bit more that I'd have to do on the YZ. But I don't know. Time will tell. I'm, I'm leaning towards the 450, though, to be honest. Michael. But yeah, uh, so we'll be headed out to, or I'll be headed out to Odessa Saturday night. Be racing Sunday probably for a bajillion hours, six and a half hours. Or so. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited. There's hot dogs at the midpoint. So that'll be. Ooh, Ooh, there you go. That's all you can ask for. Huh? They put a hot dog stand in the middle, allegedly. I just have to be fast enough to get it. So, you know, yeah, yeah. that's my you goal. To get today. there before they run out of dogs. That's right. And uh, yeah, that should be really fun. That's, like I said, it's probably going to run me. Uh, I'll be really happy if I finish it in six hours. If I finish six yeah. hours, I'll be like, hell yeah. Um, but it could be more. So we'll <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I'm really excited to be a part of the Desert 100. Two, I think they're saying 2,000 racers this year. Nice. So yeah, pretty insane. There's people coming from like Canada and yeah, like 50th Midwest. and everybody's been waiting because they pushed it yeah, off for three years. Yeah, three years. Yeah. So it's been kind of sad. That's the one I'm not gonna be able to make it to. I know. Same. Yeah, that's it's gonna be wild. Uh, it's a dead dead start run to your bike so like everyone yeah. runs to the bike and then jumps on and starts uh, Wait, how but, is it gonna work with the yz uh yeah that's what i was thinking I'm gonna get a, uh, a i actually saw people using sticks to hold sticks, their bikes so. yeah that's probably what i'll do is a stick uh a stick or a, or i'll go buy a triangle from brandon yeah uh he's got triangles for sale and i'll go get one but yeah no it'll it'll be interesting to say the least uh hey the wr450 has a kickstand so there's one point for it but a good kickstand yeah that's We'll see how that goes. I know normally it's just an open desert uh, format race, but in the past it's been like really muddy. And I think yeah. there's like a small chance of rain. Uh, if it rains and it gets muddy, I'll definitely be running the YZ250. Like no question. Cause I would, if I'm going to have to wrestle through some mud, right. then I would much have, rather have the lighter bike. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be awesome. Nice. And then round two OMRA is uh, April 28th at China Hat. So my daughter's first birthday plus one day nice. and we'll be out there partying out at trying to have that sold out seven hours after it went online. That's how excited people sold out 300 spots. Dang. Um, wow. So I'm lucky to be one of the 300 and that'll be some stiff competition. I'm looking forward to it though. It's going to be super fun. Nice. Yep. Do we want to see if we're still good at guessing our pandemic pricing for yeah. motorcycles? Oh, yeah. Are we already on pandemic pricing? I'll keep you posted yeah. on all my Yeah, drivers, yeah. But we're excited just... here. I mean, I think to, to echo before we before we move forward, Oh yeah. echo Daniel's point, I think. Uh, I, I also was looking uh, I looked through the race results after you put, you sent the link and they posted. And uh, there's some there's some big uh, big names in the sponsor section of that. So I, I definitely have yeah. to echo. I think I mean, I think in general too, and I'm sure most people would probably agree that for your first first race ever, period, finishing is like that's what more could you possibly want? Um, yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah. Also, finishing over some DNF uh, orange bikes, 
icing on the cake. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I did, I'm stoked, I think. Yeah. Go one small moment of pride as I had a uh, last little tidbit. I had a 50 <laughs> a guy in the 50 B or I think he was 40 B class. So one age class above me in a beta who was also making a ton of mistakes at the beginning of the race. Uh, and he finished, which was awesome. Just ahead of me actually in placing. Um, but he, me and him were going for a while and we both were just like, when we pass each other, look at each other, like, ah, I'm tired too. Like, we're like, okay, we, got we got this. Uh, and, uh, he was really cool, but I was every straight shot I had, I was like, I'm gonna get away from this motherfucker with a six speed gearbox. So I just crank it into fifth and, like, ah, 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 and just try to get as far away as I could. But as soon as we got to the tight woods, uh, he just would catch up every time. And a lot of that, I don't want to make this an hour and a half podcast but a lot of that had to do with my suspension boy i'll tell you what as far as bike setup i learned a lot go as soft as you can <laughs> i was way too hard getting beat the frig just, up. just destroying you just destroying me but that's another time we'll see how i do next time and if i can learn how to tune my suspension better but yeah you know um it has been a wild week for me it was fun being out on the road and going to the races but uh as with all things um Nothing is more crazy than used bike prices right now. Oh, yeah. Except for gas. Gas kind of sucks. Yeah, too. yeah. And yeah, I wonder yeah. if that's which in- I think is just going to drive what gas prices, prices up. Is. That's what I'm saying. You know what, Mono? Nice. If I could afford, I saw several like EVs, obviously because I was driving, and I was like, if I could afford one of those, I'd be all about it. Like an well, EV it might be easier than you think. EV sp- <laughs> an, an EV sprinter. E- you know, oh, yeah. Like, if I could just have like ninety bajillion dollars to make that happen, that'd be great. So, this go. is our portion of the show, Pandemic Motor Show, where we pick a pick of the week, and instead of doing our regular pick of the week, where we are a little, you know, babble about what we picked, we try to guess what the price is of each other's pick. So this week, we all picked one beautiful specimen in our local markets and we are going to take a guess to see what that song bitch costs so robert you're first what do you got oh man i wasn't ready i'm uh, ready all right I'm no, no, jamie yeah, I got it. oh no robert's right. ready i got it i got robert's it, got it. I, I know my it way around. Oh, last well, week we talked about our Kmart blue light specials and today i'm going to show you my blue tarp special <laughs> straight from the big island. Hell yeah. I have a, oh, as Amanda tries to share, or everyone just goes to the chat to look at my pick. I have a 1984 Honda Goldwing. Ooh, okay. Um, beautifully oh. laid out on a tarp. Um, mm. And so 1984, 20cc <laughs> on the big island, leather saddlebags are included. Inspection and registration good until the end of March 2022. Yeah. yeah $2,000 yeah. on the board, I'm saying. Jordan says 2000 too, huh? No, 2500 I changed my mind. I, Hawaii tax. 30, 35 oh, is a new water pump. 3500 oh, on the board. This pump. is a 1984 Honda Goldwing shrouded in a beautiful blue tarp, possibly included brand new water pump. I don't pump. think I've that. ever seen a Goldwing made so much to look like a Harley. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was like, is that a That's true. Like, what is this? Right. I'm going to go three. Think, that's three. incredible. All right. Has anyone said 4,000 yet? No. Uh, no, just you. Are those upside down forks? Okay. No, it's a reflector no. on the side no. of the stage. Yeah, okay. yeah, Robert, you said 32? 35. Ooh. 35 Man. for an 8400 gold. 35. Strip, they got, strip on the island. I feel like I'm going to go on the more absurd route. I'm going to say four grand. 
That's what I said. Four grand already. You gotta go well, price right one dollar up or down, Daniel. Can I not say four grand as well? No. Is this your first time all ever right. doing I this? I think I got all of the prices. Price Daniel right says 4100 Danny, what did you say? Three. 3000 All right. Where are we at? Jordan, you have one on the dot. $2,500 for this blue tarp special. Yes. I know clapped bikes. I can smell the price. I see. I said two, and then I was like, you know what? Hawaii upcharge. That's one point for up me on charge. the board. I feel All great right. about it. Robert, you're up. What do you got? I have a 1991 oh. Honda Cub. Oh. Easy oh. 90. Uh, wow. Let's see. Completely original. Runs absolutely perfect. That's really the only name. 91 to 96, pretty rare to come by and pretty fun to ride. Just need some original OEM stickers and you're ready to go. Pink slip in hand. Ooh. Gentle uh, listener, this that's, is potentially, that's a sexy little two-stroke. This, potentially the most clean cub I have ever seen. This thing is I'm gonna get you. This looks like it looks like a brand new child's bike that they just sit on and walk school. with their feet. <laughs> I like I cannot actually. So you know what? Okay, I was trying to think about it, and you know what it you That's know what fair. it is that it reminds me of. This may be before the time of everyone else on this podcast, but um, did anybody watch? Uh, I think it was Family Double Dare. Yes, many yes. times. So on Family Double Dare, there one of the challenges was you had to like try to pick like whatever it was they were trying to get out of a giant nose. Uh, yep, yeah. and then you remember this? Inside, they're like, go in, go in. And they like somehow it's not yeah. on the surface where you yeah, just, yeah, you have to like, really like get inside like, this giant nose. I've never it. seen anything remind me of it before. <laughs> oh, look at yeah. this! Oh yeah, <laughs> it is the nose. It's the nose. You could That's be riding perfect. the nose oh. from Family Double Dare. Well, you know what? I would say if you dug deep in that beak, you would find three thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> that is it, LA. I'm gonna say yeah, I'm gonna say Okay. 45 Daniel saying uh You're writing these 35. down. I am. Okay. Just so there's no just so there's no I'm going to say 3. Okay. I'm going to go there's no dirt on the spike. Mondo's saying 2500. Give me a call cuz I'll buy it. What do you got, Robert? All right. I got $4200. Oh, that is Danny. Yep. Good job, Danny. I, I I see those come up all the time. Yeah, he knows finger on the pulse. We were we he were knows. visiting Rochelle's parents once, and there was like a really cruddy one, cruddy-ish. Like it was still pretty nice, and it was listed for like eight hundred bucks. And I, every time I've gone up there, I have messaged them because they just don't take the <laughs> posting down. This is like my Blade Runner in the back. Can sell this to me. It's hot. Oh, man, look Ooh, at that big old super two like, stroke fun. It's wow. like they built these. They had all the extra trike <laughs> tires, and they had to do something with them. So, like, I guess we'll build a weird ass little scooter. Mm, yes, Daniel, <laughs> yeah. right. what do you got? I've got. Well, I just posted it, but I'll also share a. Oh, hang on. My window. So anybody who doesn't have that can see it. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, this is, I see. The CX, if ever I've seen one. Uh, well, it looks like it's not showing up in my it's list of things. It's missing a big hunk so, of something below the yeah, seat. So, so go ahead and look. So go ahead and just click on that Style in the points. chat there. That is yeah. a 1981 Honda CX 500. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is allegedly 
uh, <laughs> it, it needs it needs jetted, uh, low beams burned out. Uh, it needs fork seals and uh, the custom fender. <laughs> uh, yeah. It has yeah, it's great honestly. According to the 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 uh, seller here, um, it needs it says. Uh, spray paint is shipping in some places, but nothing extremely noticeable. Um, overall, says great mechanical um, condition, um, despite literally being like most of the common maintenance items being completely wrong with it. So uh, I want you guys to tell me what you think this bike costs. Well, I'll tell you, Daniel, with a grill like that and an ACDC tin, I can oh, wait, tell he's a basic on. bitch with a basic he has, grill. He has, he, has so. a Montana, he has a Montana title on the way. With that, with that, with that grill, I'd say he's a basic bitch with a basic grill, and he's looking for two thousand dollars for this hunk of shit. Okay. I want to point out that it looks like he was using the back end to mix concrete. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't really understand. It's like, oh, this makes a, this Hold could on. be a good fender. I'll Hold just on. on here after I'm done with this concrete job. Let's also let's <laughs> also look at the eBay shocks. The eBay. Oh yeah, shocks. I see. Oh yeah, the, the knockoff the shocks they the... actually have in the reservoir. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then there's yeah. that giant space under the seat. Yeah, that's that would be normally covered by side panels, like... right? That's a stylistic decision. Because you're yeah. like, got, hey, this thing looks like shit choice. now. Yeah, let's exactly. get some prices on the board, you yeah, tire. Yeah, let's move it along. Yeah. Let's move <laughs> $1,000. Figure it out. Jamie's saying $1,000. What did you say, Jordan? Oh, wait, hold on. In one of the pictures, he has an American flag sticking off that uh, off the side of the frame. So I said $1,500. I think $2,300. $2,300. Danny's saying $1,500. Robert, what'd you say? $2,300. 23, 23 mondo's saying eight in, in these trying times where are we at <laughs> so despite all of the myriad of issues it needs carb cleans it needs fork seals it needs a new fender it needs so many things uh it needs to get rid of the abc ebay seat it is this guy in corvallis oregon is asking $3,500 oh for this. <laughs> no. That, <laughs> point, to, point, point to Robert for the way overpriced CX. God, 30, oh my God. That puts uh, me, Robert, and Danny in a tie. So there's there's a certain like category of bikes that should never be more than $600. And a CX, <laughs> I think, is the <laughs> flagship of that. It's got like the I don't the, care the moat, I think the what's the the moto gear or what's the one where they put all the cool like light signals on it and stuff yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, my no, star, no, like no CX 500 should be more than six hundred dollars <laughs> Danny you know just, I am ready to die. Danny you just yeah. threw up an abomination of a trike what do you got there yes, the I did uh, so I have a hot to add, back? it is a 66 Harley circuit oh, car wow. um I guess there was 625 yeah. yeah. electric start and in great condition it has a hot tub in the back i'm gonna this say 7000 oh no way <laughs> yeah. harley harley davidson thought this was going to be the end all be all of the american market and they put a lot of r d stock into these cervic cars and they are incredible um collector's items yeah i'm gonna say at a minimum i'm gonna say fifty-five thousand. i think Oh really? Yeah, I saw other trikes oh. today on Hawaii that were thirty, and they were not historic like this. No, this I think clean, that I, it just has a hot tip on the back. I'm even gonna, I'm 66. even gonna up to, I'm gonna up to sixty-seven actually. Okay. I'm gonna say sixty-six thousand six hundred dollars. 
say 67. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 66 and change. It's, it's going to be like 110 or something. Oh, easily. Jamie, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I'll go 70. Oh, yeah, 70,000. Probably, honestly. It probably is. It's it in really 90, good shape. No problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Daniel, where are you at? 34. 34. The, the, this yeah, is like right. the complete opposite of the CX 500, where it's yeah. like this is this is like <laughs> actually worth the money. That that category of bike where you just make up numbers and people are like, well, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, that's that's nice one, I guess. All right, all right, Danny, straight, what is it? Straight, straight out of Lakeside, California. This can be yours for the mere price of twenty thousand dollars. No! <laughs> so did Mondo really? win it? No, no I think Daniel did. Daniel did. Daniel did. Daniel did. Twenty. That's oh, a that's a screaming deal. Yeah, Wait. compared to what you guys all were right. saying, that's. 14. not Ash. No, Mondo did. Mondo is oh. closer at seven because that's oh, really? like two thousand. I'll that's, take it. Yeah. So typically, if you go over, unless unless I yeah, was the lowest, okay. what was Daniel's? Uh, Thirty-four. 30? That's a technicality we oh, yeah. could, we should address for the next episode. If you do go over, I, I think if you go over, no, no, I think it should be below you. I think it's whoever's closer. Period. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, in, in any case, Mondo barely edged out. Good job, Mondo. I that is that's it's really twenty thousand dollars. Yep, that's actually kind of wild. Let's go get it. Let's go get a hot tub. I'll buy a pan instead. Thank you very much. Find someone that, like, we're like, hey, we got one of these bikes. We'll sell it to you for $5,500 and then just buy it from them for $20 and then profit. You know what? If you don't put a hot tub in the back, you could probably also use it to carry around your Trail 90. Yeah. Yeah. There are a couple of them. Well, this is actually a Passport Mm -hmm. 70, 1981. Oh, look at that. Uh, bill of sale only. Okay. So it does look like it's missing a few parts, like the taillights, like missing like the you know, lamp housing bits yeah. and the fairing and the is missing as well. But, but it's got extra tape clean. on the, what, on the seat what to make up What is the thing below the, the steering that the, just looks like it's ammo stuck in there? No, I think it's the, the air intake. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Yes, the airbox. The airbox, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah like Honda, it looks you know, like a bunch of ammo. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 one, it's real weird. The the that's, the, that's the passport <laughs> version of a pod filter. That's actually a, like can, a can of spam that you keep there. Yeah. <laughs> that's an emergency, <laughs> that's an emergency <laughs> ration. Oh, so for the spam can passport 70, what kind of prices do we have on the board here? 2200 Bill of sale only. Bill of sale 2200. only. $2,200. Bill of sale. Bill of sale. Where is this at? Uh, oh, shoot, where was question. it? I, I oh, shared it in the chat. It's uh, Rohnert Park near Santa Rosa, oh, California. Yeah. 2200 oh. premium. premium. Okay. 20, listen to ceremony. Go 19. We put along. Danny's going 19. I'm saying uh, and uh, $1. <laughs> I'll go $999. $999. Are you out of your mind? For, put, put me down for 28 Is that everybody? It's yeah. I feel like trail nineties are Pack like a thousand dollars. And Daniel's saying twenty eight dollars. Where price 20, is twenty eight hundred seventy? <laughs> All right, is that everybody? That's yeah, everyone. Good. All right, it's a uh, six hundred bucks. No, what? Jamie, insider trading. Jamie no, is I mean, the closest. Like, I I don't actually. Know, I didn't actually know, but like when we got it. our trail ninety, like all the trail nineties in like Greater California are like. This is pre-pandemic That's prices nice. were like around a thousand dollars. Yeah, right. This is like the duct tape on the seats. You're, yeah. you're you're looking at like at least two now. Yeah, pandemic yeah. pricing so, on trail nineties is like three. Yeah, million. I'm wondering there's got to be something wrong with this because like it, they don't mention if it's running or not. I think no, there's a lot wrong with either. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, for six hundred bucks, hey. like, yeah, that's that's a like 
prime candidate for an electric yeah. uh, conversion <laughs> I it it, if, it's, if, if it's not working. Yeah, yeah. Catfishing, if I've ever seen it. I yeah. would say that these have all been pretty incredible, but nothing. And don't you worry, listener. I am going to post this in our stories like immediately <laughs> after this because this is maybe the best oh, that's right. listing yeah, I have yeah. seen. I present to you as soon as my friggin' thing wants to go. I can't share screen. Yeah, I ran into this good permission. Clapped out Ibex. That would be pretty great, honestly. But nothing is better. And nothing. Then which is what we're getting. <laughs> wow, this thing really does not want to let me cast. What is up? You can post it in the yeah, we can post it in the chat because someone else can Come on! Oh, there we go. It is a nineteen ninety-eight oh, okay. Buell Hill climber. Yeah, this is potentially the oh, best with thing I have seen. Ooh. It comes. So what? This is the to, fuck? to my yeah. eyes. To my <laughs> eyes, this is a. Uh, this is a CR. It looks to be a, a, an elongated '90s, uh, early '90s CR. Yeah, early. Frame. Yeah, before and, they went to the box box frame. Yep. Although you know, it's it says 06 Buell engine in that. It thing. actually says 06. I see uh, that. So I'm, I'm actually changing mine. I think this is actually um, final answer. This is a Buell, so 12 M2. So this is a Sportster 1200 engine with the fast, better cams. You know, higher right. tune, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Buell motor is crammed in. I'm actually say this is a YZ uh, 450 frame that's been elongated because I can see it has the Kayaba forks mm -hmm. and the uh, and the Yamaha guards. So essentially, you're looking at a Sportster 1200 motor crammed inside a YZ 450, ready to shred any that's hill climb. It's got a elongated swing arm. Yeah, it is yeah, freaking awesome. You can uh, you, you have four positions. Longer. You can put your tire on. Oh, yeah, uh, yes, yeah. You, you usually want longer swing arms for uh, hill climbs. Is pretty popular for hill climb bikes because it gives you uh, more traction, I suppose. Longer wheelbase makes more stable yeah. climbing. I don't. Well, yeah. If you imagine you want to keep the bike from pitching back, right? Right. Climb, so makes it, sense. It's, cool. you, you'll get it pretty, pretty like comedic lengths of swing arms what would you say uh, a fuel oh, m2 motor stuffed inside a yz 450 what would this run you i'm gonna say 6800 6800 dollars. what were you saying jamie three grand three thousand dollars mm. uh daniel is whoa whoa, whoa. danny's saying five okay 47 Wow, Robert, with a very precise four thousand seven hundred dollars, Mondo. Five thousand five hundred. That's probably going to be a lot. Five. I will tell you, today you can go to Forest Grove, Oregon, and for three thousand dollars or best wow. offer, you can have a nineteen ninety five Buell Hill climber. Jamie wins oh, yeah. the game with two points on the board. <laughs> And just like it. my race, I finished with just one point. So <laughs> I actually finished with more than one point. But yeah, anyways, yeah, going to Forest Grove, yeah I am like, holy shit, looking at all my bikes. Like, what I want to know? I want to know what happens. <laughs> I want to know what happens if you pull if you pull the swing arm and just put like a stock swing arm and just try to ride it. Danger, dude! Just nonstop wheelies. I <laughs> I have wanted. I have. 
I want this thing so bad. I it's such ugh, a cool bike. Holy it is shit. so awesome. <laughs> and it's like set up and it looks presumably yeah. it doesn't say whether it's running, but presumably is also yeah, it running. Looks clean. It's in great condition. God bless. Yeah, well, one parked, I'm sure. <laughs> gonna do something. You know, that's just our show. I don't even have anything else to add. <laughs> you'll Everyone's see the tired. picture of it. Go to the Instagram. Go check it out. That is potentially the most amazing motorcycle I have seen and embodies so much of our DIY ethos. So, you know, thanks for listening. We've gotten a lot of really great listener emails, comments. Uh, shout out to everyone who dropped me a little like and a little like, yeah, you did it when I posted my race stuff. I really appreciate that. Um just want you to know if you saw my post that I joined the race in the clapped out moto club, you can be in the clapped out moto club. It's okay. Go, go to your race and barely finish. And you too can be a part of our gang. So <laughs> if you like today's show, you can always support us by buying us coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash clapped out moto. Uh, of course, if we do get a thousand dollars of donations to our show, we will make uh, a predator, 212 powered Coleman mini bike. We will jump uh, not a little fire, but a big ass fire. We're now on most of the major podcast platforms, Apple music, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google podcasts, and a lot more. And of course we love those listener questions and comments. You can always shoot us an email clappedmoto at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on the Instagram, which is at clapped out pod. So thanks again for tuning into another episode and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. One hour, 16, 36 seconds, point eight, two.